0: Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World. So what we have learned in the fallout from the pandemic, we are now entering into our fifth year of... Active pandemicness and recovery is that a lot of people still need um, some help with their mental health. And there have been more and more celebrities who've come out and talked about their various struggles and how therapy has helped them. And there are a lot of people who have no idea how to do it or what the best road is for them to take because the idea of sitting in a sterile office um, talking about their deepest secrets and fears is very overwhelming. But what if you were able to receive two types of therapy at once? Because you know when you're having a bad day, when you get outside and you walk around and you feel the ground beneath your feet and you hear the rocks and grass and leaves sort of crunching and you hear birds and you see water, you are already put at ease. Nature is, in and of itself, its own form of therapy. Joining me today, Dr. Heidi Schreiber-Pan. She is a psychologist in Maryland who has developed uh, the Center for Informed Nature. And I might be saying that wrong, but she really has the right intentions because it it is a form of therapy that seeks to take people into nature where they might receive the therapeutic benefits more deeply if they are surrounded by beauty and the earth. And I think that is uh, an excellent idea for people who are nervous to go to therapy in the first place. They don't know what to expect. Maybe they're more comfortable being outside. So she has taken the mountain to Muhammad. Dr. Schreiberpan, welcome to Kennedy Saves the World. Thank you so much.
1: I'm excited to have this conversation.
0: So when did you first realize that it might be beneficial to have therapy sessions outside?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So I actually started talking to other therapists and was wondering what they do for their own self-care. Because our our job can be pretty stressful or hold a lot of pain. And so I was just curious, what do people do for their own self-care? And again and again and again, I got the answer. Well, I turn to nature. I take a walk. I sit by the beach, right? And I thought, well, that's interesting. So therapists are using this for their own self-care, but they haven't thought about bringing this to their clients. So I was really confused by that. If there is something that works for a lot of us for self-care, why are we not bringing this to our clients? And so we started thinking about kind of bridging that gap and not only noticing that therapists, they're doing this to avoid burnout, like turning to nature, but helping them also bring it in to their sessions with clients Um, and people, you know, in the therapy world were like, well, this is a new idea. I was always taught to do this inside my office. And I said, well, let's let's take it out of the box, literally. Like, let's think about why we're not taking our clients outdoors. Yeah, and, and that's I, really where it started.
0: And yeah. I know you've gotten some pushback from, you know, traditional therapists and um, organizations, which I think is a little ridiculous because the point is to help people. And, you know, maybe not every setting is useful for every single person. Maybe, you know, and as therapy has evolved over time, maybe the the venue and the context should evolve with it.
1: Yeah, that's just a point, right? Like let's let's let it evolve to become something that is approachable for people today. So and how do you do it?
0: A- like do you yeah. do you go to a busy park because um I think that I would be self-conscious if I was, you know, trying to divulge something or access something or do you sure. do you find really remote places and If you do, is that difficult to um, reproduce in a city?
1: Right, right. Well, you know, we know that like the estimate is that by 2050, we have 70% of human population in urban settings. So we really need to um, adjust this model to work in urban settings, uh, just as well as, you know, in more remote settings. So we look for green spaces, urban parks, pocket parks, we we help you know churches connect church grounds with therapists that have some green spaces, and what we really uh, kind of believe is that nature is everywhere and it's for everyone. And so there are pocket parks where there are parts of the park that are not you know overrun as much as others. So we always uh, um, in our trainings for therapists we make sure that they go they explore the spaces. They look at different, you know, spots or kind of, you know, corners they could go, um, and then sometimes it's just people walking, right? And it looks like just fr- two friends walking when it's really actually a therapy session. Um, but one thing that I want to address that you brought up, which is this idea of like confidentiality, right? That you're sharing from your soul about something, and you want to make sure it stays private. And so what I always tell my clients is like, we're gonna go um, to this to this park. And what are we going to do if someone walks up to us and says, hey, it's good to see you. Um, so how do we like deal with that? And we actually practice this in the session. What we're going to say if a person walks up to us how do we, you know, our body language, how do we communicate that? We're not open for conversation right now.
0: I would Um, say, I would say, hey, um, I would love to talk to you right now, but I'm actually interviewing for a job at the CIA. So, you know, we kind of need to keep this between us. And they'll be like, oh, yes, uh, of course. Uh, I'll leave you two alone.
1: (laughs) Oh, I have to tell you this funny story. This was hilarious. So I've practiced with my clients what we're going to say. And he says, I'm just going to say that I'm in the middle of something and I'll catch you later. So it ended up really happening. Someone walked up to us and this was like a a 20 something graduate, you know, graduate student. And he goes, Hey dude, I'm in the middle of my therapy session. That's my therapist. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, okay,
0: hi. <laughs> I could see that being so. generational. I, I think that yeah. uh, that it is much more acceptable because now there's more therapy in schools and people are talking about it and, you know, it's all over TikTok. So it, it is, there. is, there isn't as much of a stigma with older generations. Having said that, do you think that adolescents and, and people in their early 20s, do you think that combining nature and therapy is better for them?
1: Yeah, I mean, we see that we have some nature programming or nature groups, and we see an increase in um, men attending, um, where a lot of times we see, you know, therapy groups being mostly women. And that's been an interesting observation, that it seems to be appealing more to the male population to integrate nature, or we do these therapeutic hikes and we see enrollment of men um, that we don't hear from other group counseling practices that run indoor groups. So that's one population that I think Nature Informed Therapy is really reaching. Um, and then I think too, it's like the younger generation that's that wants to walk and they have to try to fit it all in, right, exercise, all that stuff. So like you said early on, like we we're we're getting to two things at the same time, therapy and then perhaps even walking, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's, I don't think that they take away from each other. And, and it's interesting as you say this, like I can see there's certain men who the stigma for being in a sterile office is even worse for them. You know, it's like, it's hard for people to go to a doctor and obviously like, you know, people put it off for a long time to their own detriment. But if, if you can Be like, hey, let's go chop some wood and be lumberjacks for an hour. I could see that being appealing to a a part of the population that wouldn't traditionally be served by therapy.
1: Yes. And I think a lot of parents out there, you've had this experience where you're driving your kid to school and all of a sudden your kid opens up to you, right? And it's because you're sitting next to each other. And you don't know, have that intense like you're not staring at each other, and that's what we're noticing too is like when we're walking, we're not you know we're next to each other, and our eyes are focused on the natural world, and we're sort of moving together and some people just need that, and they open up in a in a whole different way than they would be able to do in the intensity of like this small room where you're sitting across from each other and having kind of eye contact if that yeah. makes
0: sense and and you feel you know you can't feel like you're being judged. And that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's the last thing that, that someone wants when they're trying to get better. All right. We got more of this interview after this.
1: Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D.
0: So what are you hearing from people more and more? Like, What, what are people seeking therapy for that might be different than it was five years ago?
1: Yeah, I think that in terms of anxiety and stress, um, just seeing people really trying to figure out how can they bring that that anxious response down. And what we always talk about with the nature-informed piece is that You know, we're living in in modern day environments where there's this constant um, activation of your stress response through traffic sounds and deadlines and emails. And the natural world works on a very different pace. Um, And so when we go into the natural world, we're leaving behind that sort of modern day agitation that happens. And people are hungry for tools to help that sort of stress response calm down because we're constantly bombarded with it in modern day environments. So it's interesting because um,
0: Dana Perino shared with me an article recently about um, people diagnosing themselves with anxiety um, and exacerbating their anxiety and making themselves more anxious by reading about mm-hmm. anxiety. Um, is Is there something in your form of therapy that can help hypochondriacs?
1: Well, you know, the thing is like being anxious is part of being human. Like you can't find a single human that's going to say they've never been anxious. It's part of our survival mechanism, right? If you're part of your brain that says, hey, I'm in charge of keeping you alive and I'm going to make sure there's no threat coming towards you. So that's why I'm looking around. (laughs) So it's Well, what we find is, though, that, you know, being exposed to the natural world and connecting with it, um, there are not those many triggers that are, you know, sort of this threat response that happens often in these modern day environments. So I think normalizing is really helpful because when people self-diagnose and they said, oh, my gosh, I have this anxiety disorder. Well, let's talk about, you know, what's normal, what's not, knowing that every human has anxiety at some point. It's part of your survival instinct, um, and just giving yourself tools uh, to make it manageable. Yeah, I mean that's what helped me when I was
0: diagnosed with panic disorder and generalized anxiety disorder uh, when mm-hmm. I was in my twenties, and it was it was overwhelming. I I could no longer take it. I I couldn't treat it on my own and it would go away for a little while and then it would come back worse. And that's, Mm -hmm. I had to, I was fortunate enough to see a therapist who gave me those tools that I still use to this day, because I will Mm -hmm. always tend toward the anxious side of the spectrum. Like I will always be a more anxious person, but now I've learned enough in therapy and in life to rely on the tools whenever I need them. And then as you go, you learn more tools, which I think are incredibly helpful. And it's funny because in a culture where people, I I think that kind of therapy could be beneficial for them because, you know, people go and and watch all these how-to videos. So it's Mm -hmm. like, if you can have how-to for anxiety and, and think of it like that and think of it like a series of tools the same way you would have if you were, learning how to make um, a latte in your kitchen without any equipment or learning how to um, apply makeup, as my teenage daughters like to watch videos for, um, I think that would be extremely helpful. And getting out of the electronic world and being in nature and being forced to feel is one of the things that reconnects you with yourself. And, you know, a lot of anxiety is trying to get away from that and trying to escape that and trying to escape the feelings of anxiety, which just create even more anxiety, which, you know, is what intrigued me about your program. Having said Mm -hmm. that, as a professional, do you think there are too many people in cities and do you encourage people to move away from them and to move into nature if they can? Is that necessary?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked that question, because I think that at this point, right, uh, definition of of nature um, and and sort of distinguishing from the wilderness idea, because I think that nature being everywhere and, you know, making it accessible to people is where we have to head. And our idea of nature-informed therapy is also based on a relationship with nature, right? It's very like bonding with a part of your family almost and and that can happen really in any setting um we also talk about like the experience of awe right which three-fourths of people when you ask them where do you experience awe they will talk about something that happened to them in nature Mm. but if you've ever seen a bee land on a flower and watch how the bee does her amazing vibration dance to collect the pollen. That is a moment of awe, and that moment can happen in an urban setting, but we have to have the eyes to see it. Yeah,
0: I saw an old lady fe- feeding raccoons in Central Park and I'm like, I've now seen it all. But it, it is it is truly <laughs> everywhere and you know, whenever you see people clumped together looking up in Central Park, there's always some rare bird, mm-hmm. oftentimes an owl, but it really is everywhere. And, you know, it's it's within us to want to seek it. And I think it's yeah. also so helpful because um, nature is greater than we are. And we get so wrapped up in our own lives. And knowing that there is a constant out there that is more mm-hmm. powerful and more unpredictable, but will always be there. There's something very soothing about that.
1: Yes. And you know what I love about that? What you were just saying is that when we talk to people about their experiences in nature, they often talk about the sense of touching onto something greater than themselves when they have had this experience in nature. Right. And what happens in the human brain is like our ego starts shrinking and we become bigger. Like we feel connected to something bigger, Mm -hmm. right? Like you were saying, it's this constant. And, and that actually um, creates in people a sense of interconnectedness. They feel more kind towards other people, um, which is the research that's happening in the Greater Good Science Center out in, in UC Berkeley. So it's so fascinating to see the sense of sort of awe and wonder and interconnectedness that happens when we can get out of our own heads and touch on something larger, which nature is that larger piece.
0: No, I think I think it's beautiful. And I think that you could be doing such a great service if um, this catches on. And, you know, there's so many beautiful parts of the country and people deserve this. So if they want to try and find a therapist who has the same mindset as you, where can they access maybe some names or guidance?
1: Yeah, we started doing a directory of nature informed therapists, and it can be found on our website, which is um, natureinformedtherapy.com.
0: Natureinformedtherapy.com. Dr. Heidi schreider Pan, thank you so much for taking time. I really appreciate it.
1: I really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks for having me. Yes, and you are are going to help so many people
0: um, and... You know, even people who really need it, who haven't gotten help, this may be the extra step that encourages them to go find it. So thank you for all you do. Thank you. This has been Kennedy Saves the World. I'm Kennedy. For more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.